So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 10, Chapter uh, 11, in the part 1. Hmm? This is uh, called the Childhood Pastimes of Krishna. Last time when we were uh, doing a chapter where you know, Krishna, he is tied up to a pestle, a mortar and a pestle. And he is dragging it through a small narrow portion and two trees are there in the middle. And when he drags himself through that place, what happens? The trees fall down and two sons of Kuber. That is, Kuber had two sons. So these two sons are coming out of it. So now let us carry on from there further. Let us see what happens after that. So we are doing chapter 11, the childhood pastimes of Krishna. Sukhdev Goswami continued, O Maharaj Parikshit, when the Yamla Arjuna tree fell, all the cowherd men in the neighborhood, hearing the fierce sound and fearing thunderbolts, went to the spot. There they saw the fallen Yamla Arjuna trees on the ground. But they were bewildered, because even though they could directly perceive that the trees had fallen, they could not trace the cause of their having done so. So now naturally it is very difficult to understand how such massive trees could have fallen down and what was the reason for them to fall down. Krishna was bound by the rope to the Ulkhala, that is the mortar, which he was dragging. But how could he have pulled down the trees? Who had actually done it? Where was the source of this incident? Considering all these astounding things, the cowherd men were very doubtful and bewildered. Naturally, to see a small child dragging that entire Ulkhala, that basically it's a mortar. Uh, see, in olden times, they used to have, like, it, it was shaped, it was in the, in the shape of that... Uh, you know that time you used to uh, you do that upside down you know uh, the time uh, uh, capsule so it was exactly shaped like that and then they used to take very long rods by which they would keep on pounding the grains or whatever now he was tied to the center by a rope and he was dragging it all the way across and when he dragged it, the two trees fell down. Uh, naturally, when you have such a small child and uh, you have such massive trees fallen down, the question is raised in everybody's mind, how is it possible? And that is the reason why everybody was bewildered and they wanted to know what has exactly happened. So, then all the cowherd boys said, it is Krishna who has done this. When he was in between the two trees, the mortar fell crosswise. Krishna dragged the mortar and the two trees fell down. After that, two beautiful men came out of the trees. We have seen this with our own eyes. So there were other children who were playing over there, other gopis who were there. They said, we saw these things happen. Now, think about it. They, they are saying like this. Uh, Chitti is trying to connect and he is sending me the invite. Can you just... Uh, because of intense paternal affection, the cowherd men, herded by Nanda, could not believe that Krishna could have uprooted the trees in such a wonderful way. Therefore, they could not put their faith in the words of the boys. Some of the men, however, were in doubt. Since Krishna was predicted to equal Narayana, they thought it might be that he would have done it. Now, this is a strange line over here. So, let us see what has happened is, the boys are saying, the young boys that were playing over there have seen what has exactly happened over there. But does anybody believe? All these elders, do they believe in this? No. They think that 
this is some some sort of a, you know they are talk, talking nonsense they are talk, saying something wrong so how does it work so they said that no 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 this would not have happened but whereas the truth was that Krishna was dragging that entire mortar and he had pulled the two trees down and the two young men had come out of the trees remember they were under the curse of Narada last time we had done that story so in the last line it is said some people, very few people, those who have faith. See, faith is a very peculiar thing. You either have it or you don't. There is no 99%, 99.9% faith and 0.1% uh, you know, doubt. No, there can be no doubt. A doubt is a very peculiar thing. You know what a doubt is like? It's doubt is like, suppose you take a, a bucket of water and you take one grain, you know, one grain is a very tiny piece of potassium cyanide and put it in that water. And then I'll ask you to drink that water. Will you drink? So that 0.1% of doubt is also very dangerous. So there is nothing like, you know, I have all the faith in you, but I don't have, you know, I, I think there is some problem over there. Okay, you cannot have that. Okay. So it is like one day I was asked one question. I mean, uh, the person said that I am a teetotaler. I have never drunk in my life. So I asked that person, I said, you are a teetotaler? Do you know the taste of alcohol? The person said, yes. I said, how do you know the taste of alcohol? Oh, I had little, only little, I just tasted it that much. So I said, then how can you call yourself a teetotaler? It is not possible to say, call yourself a teetotaler. You have drunk it, you know what it means. So there is nothing like, okay, halfway, I am, I am, uh, you know, 99.9% pure and 0.1% impure. No, there is nothing like that. So understand this, that there are very few people in this world who have faith, in absolute faith in Krishna. So these are some people who said, you know, yes, it could have happened, definitely that is what it is. Why? Because it was predicted that Krishna is a form of Narayana. Now Narayana, who is Narayana? Narayana is also the Parabrahma. Parabrahma? Parabrahma, I am sure you you also know that, uh, okay, let me call him as a Paramatma, instead of any other thing. Paramatma is a much better understood word. So let us say Narayana, is Paramatma. Now Paramatma is the entire thing whereas the Jivatma is the smaller one, isn't it? Now can I say that the Paramatma which is the Supreme Divine Consciousness is the whole thing in which there is a small thing which is different, can I say that? The whole thing is an ocean. In that one portion of the water I take out and say this is not the ocean, is it possible? No. Everything is an ocean in that even if I take one tumbler of that water, that is also a part of the ocean, isn't it? And likewise, it's the same thing. Paramatma is what we are talking about. Everything is Paramatma. And Jiva, that is the human being, a Jivatma, is a very tiny portion of the Paramatma. So the Paramatma is inside out. That is both in and both out. And as you are literally like a flotsam in that, you know flotsam, you know, when you go to the river or the lakeside, you find all those small, small things floating all over the place. You are something like that. 
So think about it from that perspective. Then you will understand. So Sri Krishna is predicted equal to Narayana. Is equal to Narayana. Means what? The Parabrahma or the Paramatma is Krishna. So he is equal to Krishna. Supposedly like that. So they thought it might be, he could have definitely done it. If that is the case, then he could have done it. Look at it from this point of view. Okay, I'm sure you remember the story of David and the Goliath. <laughs> David and the Goliath is a very peculiar story. Or again, if those who have seen some movies, you know, Samson. Samson was a very strong man. And he could shake the entire foundation of the whole empire. And one day while he was, he was cornered, there was, what was available to him was a skull of a donkey. A big skull of a donkey. With that he fought everybody and won the war. Imagine that. Okay. There is another story in the Hindu mythology. It is about Didichi. You know, Dadichi used the bones. Okay. So, we will come to that one of these days. The stories are there in this also. So, one of these days we will come to Dadichi Maharaj, Muni. Okay. So, we will come to that. So, think about it. So, this man, Samson, could defeat an entire army. Likewise, you will find that one Balram was sufficient to defeat the entire army. Okay. Do you remember uh, uh, when Krishna was sent the invite? by his first wife, you know, huh? Rukmini, and her brother Rukma and Shishupal, they were great friends. Rukma and Shishupal were great friends. And uh, he wanted, Rukma wanted his sister to get married to Shishupal. So she sends a small letter addressed to Krishna saying that kindly come and rescue me from this guy. So Krishna goes over there and from the assembly, he kidnaps her. And when he is kidnapping Shishupal, who was going to get married to her, he gets very angry. Rukma also sees, okay, there is this guy who is trying to kidnap my sister. So they come after him with the entire army. And halfway while he is running over there, he tells his brother, see, I have to get married to this girl. You better go and fight those guys alone. <laughs> And Balram says, okay, I will fight the Valor. And you know, Balram is known for a very peculiar weapon. I don't know how many of you know the weapon. He is called Haldar. It's a plow. You know a plow? So he fights people with the plow. So he defeated the entire army of you know Rukma and Shishupal. And Krishna ran away with his wife. And that is how the whole story is. So how one person is capable of doing so many things. So this is what is meant when the Parabrahma, the Parabrahma is there in this particular format which is called Narayana and Krishna is Parabrahma himself. Think about it from another perspective in our normal world. You are also an essence of the Divine Lord. Every individual over here is an essence of the Divine Lord. We also carry the same genes, by the way. I have to say genes, okay. <laughs> there are no genes there, but still. Genetic structure. So we also carry the same. We are also capable of literally everything that is mentioned over here. 
but why is it that we feel so miserable and so affected that i cannot do this and i cannot do that why is it that many a times we feel you know this is impossible i am not able to handle what is going on just now and what is this great thing that you are talking about that is where the factor called faith comes into account i told you no faith even that 0.1% is destructive in nature huh? the doubt which we say it should be 100% faith the day you have 100% faith in your own self nothing in this world will be able to defeat you you may be one single balram you may be one single you know person who is able to handle the entire universe you could be one samson you could be one david and you could defy defeat an entire goliath you know it's a huge or the army of the king think about it you need to have that faith krishna tells balram fight those fellows and defeat them he says okay i'll handle it and single handedly he is able to destroy everybody all right i'm sure you remember one more story of bakasur ha huh? there was that particular village where everybody was you know afraid of that demon and how he got defeated it is only something you know that one little thing and that is called faith faith is the most important weapon which you have with you also believe in that one thing that you are capable of anything in this world because you carry the genetic structure of the divine lord so there are very few people who can actually believe in this kind of things you should be one of them because you are learning spiritual okay let us proceed further when nand maharaj saw his own son bound with ropes to the wooden mortar and dragging it he smiled and released krishna from his bonds the gopis would say if you dance my dear krishna then i shall give you half a sweet meat by saying these words or by clapping their hands all the gopis encouraged krishna in different ways at such times although he was supremely powerful personality of godhead he would smile and dance according to their desires as if he were a wooden doll in their hands sometimes he would sing very loudly at their bidding in this way krishna came completely under the control of the gopis and this is now we have started into his entire past times okay one of the past times we have finished now we are coming to the second past time the second past time is song and dance you know in indian films we have a song and dance full if there is no song and dance in an indian film the film flops miserably so also it's the same thing it's known to come from krishna krishna was known for singing and dancing by the way okay and that is where the term rasalila comes into the play okay so let us see so you know when you look at a small child you keep on saying no okay come and dance and show me dance and show me you know you look at a small child isn't that what you say and you may be having one sweet maybe on cadbury in your hand and you'll say you dance and i'll give you this you sing then i'll give you this many a times in childhood you are you are supposed to recite the poetry or some sort of a song and then the the elder person will say okay if you sing this song then i will give you this chocolate so likewise it's known in our 
you know indian circles that this is how you tell the children to buy hard things that is the reason why you will find that all our children are so good in all those spelling bee contests you know that <laughs> they can do spelling of anything in this world so likewise look at it from this point of view here krishna is told by the gopis see if you dance and you show us now we will give you this toffee this particular chocolate so he what he would do is he would sing and dance for them so he was known for singing and dancing now it may appear that he is being bribed to do that but krishna does doesn't accept bribes by the way the way we look at it krishna has got a very peculiar way you know what he does he has he's got he's got a charm and he he makes the other person feel that the other person is doing something about it and he conforms exactly to the way that other person wants him to do so let us say it from this point of view suppose you tell krishna okay you do this for me then i will give you this and krishna will deliberately go and do that for that person and the person will say see i told you no that's why he did it is nothing like that so that is the reason why you should always know that krishna's ways are very very peculiar sometimes he would sing very loudly at their bidding in this way krishna came completely under the control of the gopis so it is thought that krishna was under the control of the gopis sometimes mother yashoda and her gopi friends would tell krishna bring this article or bring that article sometimes they would order him to bring a wooden plank wooden shoe or a wooden measuring pot and krishna when thus ordered by the mother would try to bring them sometimes however as if unable to raise these things he would touch them and stand there just to invite the pleasure of his relatives he would strike his body with his arms to show that he had sufficient strength now look at this child child called krishna he is not a child at all remember this okay <laughs> think about it is literally a very very naughty person very very naughty person the mother will say go get this for me and he would go near that place and mm, he will try to lift it as if it is so very heavy and then try to bring it to the mother and the mother would say oh my god who is he is trying so hard whereas with the little finger he is holding up the entire universe remember this with his little finger he is holding up the entire universe and here he is making everybody feel that he can't lift things and he is very miserable and all that so he would always do these kind of funny things to pure devotee throughout the world who could understand his activities the supreme personality of god had krishna exhibited how much he can be subdued by his devotees his servants in this way he increased the pleasure of the brajwasis by his childhood activities with this line you will understand that he would do everything with love alone you see when you say something with love krishna will be willing to do anything on this planet earth but the love has to be absolutely pure like the, those of gopis you cannot have any deceit in them you cannot have any chalbaji in them you know you have to have that particular thing which is called innocence the love the purity in it then only krishna will bow down to anybody in this world he is willing to do anything for anybody provided there is so much of pure love in it once a woman selling fruit was calling oh inhabitants of rajabhumi if you want to purchase some fruits come here 
Upon hearing this, Krishna immediately took some grains and went to barter as if he needed some fruits. So from his house, he takes a little grains and he goes out to this lady and says, you know, Oh, I want to give you these grains so that you can give me the fruit. So now think about it. He is acting it out in such a beautiful manner. While Krishna was going to the fruit vendor very hastily, most of the grains he was holding fell onto the ground. Nonetheless, the fruit vendor filled Krishna's hands with fruit and her fruit basket was immediately filled with jewels and gold. This is the kind of innocence that is shown by Krishna. Krishna was taking that little grains in his hand. Remember, he is a very tiny child, you know. He is holding the little grains in his hand and slowly, slowly while he is walking over there, all the grains are falling on the ground. And then he has very little, two or three grains and he gives it to that lady and the lady says, Okay, okay, you hold your hand like this and I will give you all the fruits. And she gives fruits to that person, to Krishna. And what happens? Magic happens. The woman's basket is filled with gold and jewels. What is this all about? Isn't it a very peculiar thing? What does it mean? It means that you should have danat. You understand danat means what? The willingness to give. Krishna always looks at a person's willingness to give. Krishna is actually not interested in anything. But he just tests out every person. Are you willing to give from what you have? See, we all have everything in our world. We have so many things at our disposal. But when it comes to giving, we are always very marwadi ripe. You know, we don't want to give anything to anybody. No, 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 let me give this for myself. No, what is that? Krishna is always checking this out. Whether this person is capable of giving or no. And that is what Krishna is trying to see in this woman. He gives her just two, three grains. And like a child, he is looking at her and she gives him an entire handful of fruits. Though the woman hasn't got anything from him. No money, she has not got any money. But the moment she gives with such a big heart, immediately her basket gets filled. So this is what happens to every individual. You give and you will get. This is the most important lesson over here. Once after uprooting the Yamla Arjuna trees, Rohini Devi went to call Rama and Krishna. They were both gone to the river and were playing with the other boys with deep attention. Because of being too attached to playing with the other boys, Krishna and Balram did not return upon being called by Rohini. Therefore, Rohini sent Mother Yashoda to call them back because Mother Yashoda was more affectionate to Krishna and Balram. Krishna and Balram being attached to their play were playing with the other boys although it was very late. Therefore, Mother Yashoda called them back for lunch. Because of her ecstatic love and affection for Krishna and Balram, milk flowed from her breast. Mother Yashoda said, My dear son Krishna, Lotus eyed Krishna, come here and drink the milk from my breast. My dear darling, you must be very tired because of hunger and the fatigue of playing so long. There is no need to play anymore. My dear Baldev, because of our family, please come immediately to your younger brother Krishna. You both ate in the morning and now you have to eat something more. Nanda Maharaj, the king of Raja, is now waiting to eat. On way, dear son Balram, he is waiting for you. Therefore, come back and please us. All the boys playing with you and Krishna should now go to their homes. Isn't this how peculiar thing? I mean, it's not so peculiar in our world. You know why? Because those who have stayed in small, small places, 
maybe uh, where you have all these cricket games and this kind of games and that kind of games going on mummy would come over there and say hey, come on come on let's let, come home it's time for lunch isn't that what has happened in today's day and age maybe children are told you know can you shut down your computer or laptop or whatever that is and come and have lunch today the mother will say that in olden times it would be they were playing somewhere in the near the river or in the grounds or some such type of a thing and mummy will call out from far and she'll say come come on for lunch something like that so now the times have changed maybe uh, maybe the mother will say now we don't you if you don't put your phone down now i'll throw it out of the window <laughs> so it is all about the phone the laptop and all those things a couple of years ago it was all about those video games so as the time changes things change mother yashoda father told krishna my dear son because of playing all day okay your body has become covered with dust and sand therefore come back take your bath and cleanse yourself today the moon is conjoined with the auspicious star of your birth therefore be pure and give cows in charity to the brahmanas just see how all your playmates of your own age have been cleansed and decorated with beautiful ornaments by their mothers you should come here and after you have taken your bath eaten your lunch and then decorative ornaments you will play with your friends again this is like a bribe again isn't it mother is saying look at all the other children see they are all dressed very nicely and all and look at you you are filled with mud and dust and all those things come on come on let's go home have some bath and then i'll give you food and all and after that you can dress up nicely and then be ready to receive everybody my dear maharaj parikshit because of intense love and affection mother yashoda krishna's mother considered krishna who was at the peak of all opulence to be her own son thus she took krishna by her hand along with balram and brought them home where she performed her duty by fully bathing them dressing them and feeding them sri sukdev goswami continued then one time having seen the great disturbance in brahmana all the elderly persons among the cowherd men headed by nanda maharaj assembled and began to consider what to do to stop the continuous drubbing disturbing situations in vraja this entire land is called the vraja bhumi vraja bhumi now in that vraja bhumi there are different different villages so now you will find that in this one particular place where these people were staying this was brahadvana there all these ha- happenings were going on you know in uh, our world also you will find that if you have shifted from one location to another to another you will find that in some locations you know you find that there is a lot of disturbance and you feel that it is not conducive to you so you want to move to another location it happens in most of the people's cases you know maybe you have you have found one uh, one rented house and maybe it's not the right one and there's a lot of disturbance and noise so you want to move to another one or to another one depending on your convenience likewise in brahadvana what had happened was so many activities had happened remember all the stories of krishna so even the trinavarta and all those kind of things you know the demons putana and all that they had happened in that particular place so people thought that this is a very bad thing so we need to move from the place the place is bad we have this idea you know even in school if you know you know you, you may sit on the second or the third bench and you will say you know and teacher will call out your name come here and you will say oh this is a wrong place to sit i better sit on the last bench or maybe i'll sit on the side so that the teacher is not able to see me i we have done this kind of things and so we have changed our places 
They think that is an unlucky place. Maybe the shoes that you are wearing, every time when you are walking, you fall down or something happens and you say, no, the shoe is not proper, that's why I fall down. We love to say these kind of things or maybe the kind of dress that you are wearing, if you have gone out with one particular kind of a top or something and you say, oh, whenever I wear the yellow color or the red color top, you know, something or the other goes wrong. So the villagers were talking like this. They said in Bradwana all this nonsense is happening. So we need to shift from this place. At this meeting, all the inhabitants of Gokula, a cowherd man named Upananda, who was the most mature in age and knowledge and was very experienced according to the time, circumstances and country, made this suggestion for the benefit of Rama and Krishna. All these problems were happening in the house of Nanda. Okay. He said, my dear friend, the cowherd men, in order to go, to do good to this place, Gokula, we should leave it. Because of so many disturbances are always occurring there, just for the purpose of killing Rama and Krishna. The child Krishna, simply by the mercy of Supreme Personality of Godhead, was somehow or the other escaped, rescued from the hands of Rakshasi Putana, who was determined to kill him. Then again, by the mercy of Supreme Godhead, the handcart missed falling upon the child. Think about it. You know, think about it, it's like this, you know, now, if God is, uh, you can't say bless God, bless you God, you know, or something like that. He is God himself, come on, you can't <laughs> say like that. <laughs> so here, everybody is thinking, you know, that something is going wrong with Krishna and the Supreme Consciousness, Supreme Divine Consciousness, that is the great Lord upstairs, Krishna, he is saving this poor child. Okay, they don't understand that he is the same person, he is the same being, nobody knows that. So they are worried about it and they always say, na, bless him, you know, bless, bless God, like that. Right? Then again the demon Trinavata, in the form of a whirlwind, took the child away in the dangerous sky to kill him. But the demon fell down onto the slab of stone. In that case also, by the mercy of Lord Vishnu or his associates, the child was saved. So the child was saved because of Vishnu. Think about it. Even the other day, neither Krishna nor any of his playmates died from the falling of the two trees. Although the children were near the trees or even between them, there also is to be considered the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's by the mercy of the Lord that these two children got saved. All these incidents are being caused by some unknown demons. There, before he comes here to create another disturbance, it's our duty to go somewhere else with the boys until there are no more disturbances. So all the village people, they decide these problems are because of some demon over here. Somebody is doing something wrong. You know, everybody in this uh, satsanga, if, if you ask every individual and ask them, you know, do you have a dream? And everybody will say, yes, yes, I have a dream. Yesterday in the dream I saw this very horrible creature or something was happening or this was going wrong or that was going wrong. That the particular dream is nothing but play on your consciousness. You are thinking about it or something is happening to you. Maybe you are having, uh, uh, you know, gas or something like that, that you are, you are getting these kind of dreams. But we always attribute it to something else, by the way. The dreams are very, very peculiar, you know. We think, you know, that we are seeing things. But remember this, in spirituality, we don't get any dreams. We actually are not supposed to get any dreams. Because dreams are 
only a play on the consciousness. What we call as subconscious mind is playing on your mind and it is giving you a projection of something. There is no need of any dream by the way. This entire world is a dream, you know that, no? And in the dream you are a dreamer who is dreaming something. Think about it, how funny is that? Huh? Story may story. Or usme story. It sounds very funny. Actually there is no such thing. If, if God has to convey something to you, why does he have to come in a dream? Can he not directly talk face to face with you? Okay, do this or do that. But we do not believe in that. That is where the term called faith comes into account. Faith is the most important thing. You understand? And how does faith come about? Let me give you an idea. Like last night there was one dog. A very beautiful dog was found on the roadside over here. He was taken in, in the compound. And he was kept over there. And as usual, the questions were raised. Oh, the dog is there. Somebody is, is supposed to take him and so on and so forth. Who's, whose dog is it? We don't know. It is a, it's a pure breed by the way. And he was lost. The, the dog was lost. So naturally as a fear factor or the thing which we call as doubts were sown very very nicely. What if nobody comes to take him? What if things go wrong? You already have two dogs and now one more dog to add over here. And this fellow is a hatta katta like a lion or a tiger. He, he, will be, he will be not satisfied with one, one small bowl full of food. He is like this. So he will eat too much. And then who is going to take care? Who is going to give him a bath? So on and so forth. So these are called doubts. But the factor called faith is very very important. No, somebody will definitely come and take him. And the factor worked out so beautifully. At 12 at midnight, a man came and he took the dog away. This was a person who was you know, who has this particular association which takes care of these kind of dogs and then they put him in a sort of a house where they are taken care of for some time. And then families are vetted and then they are handed over to the families who are willing to adopt the dogs. So he went through the right channels. We don't know where he came from. But that is called faith. The faith is the most important thing. Doubts are going to get raised in your mind continuously. It's like think about it, you know. You have given your examination and in the examination and you keep on thinking, oh, I didn't answer this question, I didn't answer that question, I, I, I didn't, I should have written that, you know, I wrote the wrong answer, maybe I should have written this, maybe I should have answered that one. If I would have learned that in during that time, then I would have got that answer. How many doubts do you have? There is no need of any doubts. Don't have even an iota of doubts. Why are you having so many doubts? You don't need to. Absolute faith is what is needed. Not that one percent less or that quarter percent less. No, don't have that. Have faith, these things are going to happen or this is what is going to be. You know, in one of the very beautiful verses Krishna says, he tells Arjuna, lift your bow and arrow and shoot. You know why? Because these people are already dead. 
I have killed them. Your job is only to lift your bow and arrow and just enact a role, ah, like that, you know. You know, in plays, what we do, no? Where you, those who have seen uh, Ram Leela, you know. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have seen. During that time, that you'll find that okay, Ram is there. He will raise his arrow like this and shoot. And the Ravana is already ah, oh, and he's falling down over dead over there. That's what happens. He's already dead. Don't you understand that? The the thing ahead is already written. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't have this doubt in your mind. That is the most important thing. So here coming back to the story. So don't ever doubt. Alright. Have absolute faith that it is possible. So that is how the dog also went to the place. The right place. And these doubts are those things which are going to disturb you. So don't get disturbed. So these are the things. So we started from the thing called dream. The dreams are nothing but a projection of our mind. We want certain things to happen in a particular way. And we keep on mulling on top of it constantly. Yeah, kaisa hoega, yeah, kaisa hoega, that will happen, this will happen. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What do you mean by oh my God? Nothing is going to happen. Don't worry about it. What is programmed is already going to happen. Alright, it's going to happen any which way. So, those who are the spiritual type, they do not dream. Dream happens when there is a mind at play. Spiritual people are mindless people. You understand what I am saying or no? You see, this is called the Chida Akash. This portion. Alright, the front head, the, the forehead as we call it. And if you close your eyes, now you look at an object and you close your eyes, you will find that object appears in your Chida Akash. Do you know that? It's so simple and easy. You look at any object for one minute, then close your eyes, and you will find that the object has appeared over here in the Chidakash. That particular place is like a projection. If there is a project, you know that white screen in front of you in the when you go to the theater. Your mind is projecting the image over here. Likewise, in your dream, also you do the same thing. Now close your eyes, your mind is projecting something. Don't fall for that. There is nothing like that. If you are free in your mind, there is no mind actually. So, get out of your mind. Only have God in the mind. You will find that there are no dreams. Nothing is going to come and trouble you. Because you are not living a dream. You are the real you. You understand this? That self. You are the self. Why will the self want to dream of something? Now think about it. Why will Krishna want to dream of anything? He can just do like this and whatever the dream, whatever that he thinks of, can it be not there in front of him? By the flip of his, you know, fingers, can he not have those things right in front of him? So why would a person dream? And when they show the Narayana, in particular form of Mahavishnu, you know, he is sleeping. And they say he is a yoga nidra and he is dreaming. He is not dreaming actually. He is creating something. <laughs> he is creating something. And there is somebody over there called, you know, Brahmaji. He is looking at what he is drawing over there. And he is making it happen. 
creative people will tell you how this works you know creative people how they how they see how it works i'll tell you one very simple example you know you seen the logo of coca cola coca cola all right now the coca cola logo is there right in front of your eyes can you see anything in that you will see the cursive writing c o c a like that coca cola right can you see anything in that no so some great person you know who was a creative mind he said you know what yes i can see the flag of poland in that you see a flag of poland in that how so you see do like this and see when you look at the o the o only that isolated o you will find that it looks like that i know it's a very peculiar way of looking at it but this is called creative concepts this is the way a creative mind works it projects certain images and that is how you are able to see how many of you have seen wendy's you know wendy huh now you have seen that young girl over there the small girl which is the logo of wendy she is wearing a collar there is a collar you know if you look at the collar you will find that the collar is like this and then like this and then like this it is called hidden images it says m o m the eye sees things over there it's a very peculiar way of looking at it mom mom means you associate everything with mother the mother's kitchen oh wendy's burgers and all are supposedly like my mother so i want to go and eat it that is how the projections are so now you understood how the creative people think but those who are spiritual people they don't think like that they don't have to actually visualize like this in their world when they have faith the object comes right in front of them so i know this was a very tedious and a long explanation but you should know what i'm talking about it's very very important to understand how visualization in the spiritual world makes the objects appear just think and the object will be there but the dream is we are trying to think trying to think and think it's two separate things you should know that i am trying to come first the person will never come first i know i will be first it's a absolute statement yes i will be first then so this is how it is so it's it's an ultimatum is basically i know for sure 100% sure and that is what is called faith i hope you understood little in that so all the incidents are being caused by some unknown demons before he comes here to create another disturbance it's our duty to go somewhere else with the boys until there are no more disturbances between nandeshwar and mahavana is a place called vrindavana this place is very suitable because it is lush with grass plants and creepers for the cows and other animals it has nice gardens and tall mountains and is full of facilities for the happiness of all the gopas and the gopis of our and our animals so these people are sitting together and they are discussing that we should move from this place to vrindavan now vrindavan has got ponds lakes mountains and so on and so forth and there are beautiful gardens over there gardens in the sense they were very beautiful cluster of shrubs and so on and so forth why was it called vrindavana vrinda vrinda means tulsi you know vanna vanna means forest 
So, a forest of Tulsis. They, even today, if you go to this place called Vrindavan, there is a particular place where you will find that there are clumps of these Tulsi bushes. Therefore, let us immediately go today. There is no need to wait any further. If you agree to my proposal, let us prepare all the bullock carts and put the cows in front of us and let us go there. Upon hearing the advice from Upananda the Great, the cowherd men unanimously agreed. Very nice, they said, very nice. Thus they sorted out their household affairs, placed their clothing and other paraphernalia on the carts and immediately started from Vindavan. Now, they were nomads, nomadic tribes and they could move along with their entire paraphernalia. What was there with them? They were cow herds. So what is it that they have to take with them? The cows. You know, the cows, the sheep, all those bullock carts and all. That is all that they have to ship out. And maybe the vessels that we were having. Keeping all the old men, women, children and household paraphernalia on the bullock carts and keeping all the cows in front, the cowherd men picked up their bows and arrows with great care and sounded bugles made of horn. O King Parikshit, in this way with bugles vibrating all around, the cowherd men, accompanied by their priests, began their journey. The cowherd women, riding on the bullock carts, were dressed very nicely with elegant garments and their bodies, especially their breasts, were decorated with fresh kumkuma powder. As they rode, they began to chant with great pleasure the pastimes of Krishna. Thus, hearing about the pastimes of Krishna and Balrama with great pleasure, Mother Yashoda and Rohini Devi, so as not to be separated from Krishna and Balram from every moment, got up with them on one bullock cart. In this situation, they all looked very beautiful. In this way, they entered Vrindavan, where it was always pleasing to live in all the seasons. You remember, you know, this is a place where the Tulsi plant is there. You know, Tulsi is a very aromatic plant. If you crush Tulsi leaves and you smell them, don't you get a peculiar type of a smell? It's a very, very nice smell that you get. So the entire village, the entire place was having that peculiar smell. It was a very nice smell. In this way they entered Vrindavan, where it was always pleasing to live in all the seasons. They made a temporary place to inhabit by their place, their bullock carts around them in the shape of half moon. O King Parikshit, when Rama and Krishna saw Vrindavan, Govardhan and the bank of the river Yamuna, they both enjoyed great pleasure. So they have shifted from Radvana to Vrindavana. In this way, Krishna and Balram, acting like small boys and talking in half-broken languages, gave transcendental pleasure to all the inhabitants of Raja. I told you this was called a Vrajabhumi. In due course of time, they became old enough to take care of the calves. Not far away from their residential quarters, both Krishna and Balram, equipped with all kinds of playthings, played with other cowherd boys and began to tend the small calves. Sometimes Krishna and Balram would play on their flutes. Sometimes they would throw ropes and stones devised for getting fruits from the trees. Sometimes they would throw only stones and sometimes their ankle bells tinkling, they would play football with fruits like bale and amlaki. Sometimes they would cover themselves with blankets and imitate cows and bulls and fight with one another, roaring loudly and sometimes they would imitate the voices of the animals. In this way they enjoyed the sporting exactly like two ordinary human children. Now these are two gods, you know. One is Adishesh and one is Krishna. And imagine them doing all sorts of funny activities just like small children, you know. One day while Rama and Krishna along with their playmates were tending the calves on the bank of the river Yamuna, another demon arrived there desiring to kill them. Now one more demon, one more, uh, what villain has come, huh? When the Supreme Personality of God 
God had saw that demon had assumed the form of a calf and entered among the groups of other calves. He pointed out to Baldev. Here is another demon. Then he very slowly approached the demon as if he did not understand the demon's intentions. Thereafter, Sri Krishna caught the demon by the hind legs and tail, twirled the demon's whole body very strongly until the demon was dead and threw him into the top of the kapita tree where they fell down along with the body of the demon who had assumed a great form. So what does he do? He takes the demon with his hind legs and whirls him around and throws him on top of a tree. Now imagine a small child doing this kind of a thing. Who will believe that? So belief is very important again. Hmm? Upon seeing the dead body of the demon, all the coward boys exclaimed, Well done Krishna. Very good, very good. Thank you. In the upper planetary system, all the demigods were pleased and therefore they showered flowers on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. After killing of the demons, Krishna and Balram finished their breakfast in the morning and while continuing to take care of the calves, they wandered here and there. Krishna and Balram, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who maintained the entire creation, now took charge of the calves as if the cow, cowherd boys. So now what they do? Now they have taken charge like the cowherd boys. They are the gopis. Remember the gopis and the gopas I told you just now? The gopis and the gopas, they had individual work to do. The gopas would take the cows out into the jungles and the grasslands over there and feed them. And the gopis would remove milk from that and put them in the pots and pans and then sell it in the marketplace or place, wherever it is. One day all the boys, including Krishna and Balram, each boy taking his own group of calves, brought the calves to a reservoir of water, desiring to allow them to drink. After the animals drank the water, the boys drank water there also, right by the reservoir. The boys saw a gigantic body resembling a mountain peak broken and struck down by the thunderbolt. They were afraid even to see such a huge living being. That great bodied demon was named Bakasura. He had assumed the body of a duck with a very sharp beak. Having come there, he immediately swallowed Krishna. So it's like a very huge cave like a thing, you know. And lying over there. It's like a big whale, you know. Just imagine a big whale with the mouth open like this. How would it look like? <laughs> so this Bakasar is, is sitting over there with his mouth open and Krishna walks inside that. So he immediately swallowed Krishna. When Balram and other boys saw that Krishna had been devoured by the giant duck, they became almost unconscious like senses without life. Krishna, who was the father of Lord Brahma, but who was acting as a son of a cowherd, became like fire, burning the root of the demon's heart, throat, and the demon Bakasura immediately disgorged him. When the demon saw that Krishna, although having been swallowed, was unharmed, he immediately attacked Krishna with his sharp beak. When Krishna, the leader of the Vaishnavas, saw that the demon Bakasura, the friend of the Kamsa, friend of Kamsa was endeavouring to attack him with his arms, he captured the demon by the two halves of his beak and in presence of all the cowherds, boys Krishna very easily bifurcated him as a child splits a blade of virana grass. By thus killing the demon, Krishna very much pleased the denizens of the heaven. So what does he do? He takes his beak and tears it apart like that. At that time, the celestial denizens of the higher planetary system showered Mallika Pushpa, flowers grown in the Nandana Kanana upon Krishna, the enemy of Bakasur. They also congratulated him by sounding 
celestial kettle drums and conch shells and by offering prayers. Seeing this, the cowherd boys were struck with wonder. Just as the senses are pacified when consciousness and life returns. So, when Krishna was freed from all these dangers, all the boys, including Balram, thought that their life had been restored. They embraced Krishna in good consciousness and then they collected their own calves and returned to Rajbhumi, where they declared the incident loudly. Now think about it, they are going to tell about what has happened over there. Bakasura's killing. When the cowherd men and women heard about the killing of Bakasura in the forest, they were very much astonished. Upon seeing Krishna and hearing the story, they received Krishna eagerly thinking that Krishna and the other boys had returned from the mouth of death. Thus they looked upon Krishna and the other boys with silent eyes, not wanting to turn their eyes aside now that the boys were safe. The coward men, headed by Nanda Maharaj, began to contemplate. It is very astonishing that although this boy Krishna has many times faced many varied causes of death, by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, it was these causes of fear that were killed instead of him. So God was always protecting him, not knowing that he is God himself. Although the cause of death, the Daityas were very fierce, they could not kill the boy Krishna. Rather, because they came to kill innocent boys as soon as they approached, they themselves were killed, exactly like flies attacking a fire. The words of person in full knowledge of Brahma never becomes untrue. It is very wonderful that whenever Garga Muni predicted, we are now actually experiencing in all detail. Garga Muni is the first Muni who had come and he had predicted who is Krishna and what is going to happen. So it is said, the words of a person in full knowledge of Brahma never becomes untrue. Those who are Brahma Jnanis, those who are realized beings, whatever words that utter from their mouth, they will always come true. In this way, all the cowherd men headed by Nanda Maharaj enjoyed topics about the pastimes of Krishna and Balram with great transcendental pleasure and they could not even perceive material tribulations. In this way, Krishna and Balram passed their childhood age in Rajabhumi by engaging in activity of childish play such as playing hide and seek, constructing a make-believe bridge on the ocean and jumping here and there like monkeys. So what were they enacting? They were enacting exactly like Sri Ram, you know, building a bridge over the Setu. So at that time they had heard about the story of Sri Ram and naturally they were enacting that particular part. So we have come to the end of this chapter. So we shall stop over here. Uh, tomorrow we will do about Demon Aghasura. That's another beautiful story. So we can stop the...